0: This one's dedicated to all the freaky people out there. All us lovely freaks and weirdos. Hi, I'm Marilyn Sloshback, and we are here to feed this community. What incites and ignites you? And most of all, what makes you laugh? Because at the end of the day, heightened happiness is contagious.
1: I'm bringing food to the people like a window flowers to a grave in the middle right. of the city. Isolation is a to be surrounded by a million other people.
0: Welcome to Feed This Community, um, the first inaugural podcast for the book and Food for Thought by the Sea. I have two guests with me today, and I'm so excited to have two powerhouse women that inspire me to be the
1: first guests on my show. So, introduce yourself, ladies. I'm Amy Quinn, the founder of the Asbury Park Women's Convention and deputy mayor in Asbury Park.
2: I'm Danny Fiore. Um, I have a business called Sweet Danny B in town, and then I'm also founder of the Asbury Park Women's March.
0: Awesome. So, we're here in Asbury Park by the sea with a beautiful view of a beautiful day and i want to get a little deep with you ladies i sent you some questions and i'm going to pull some new ones out of my um hat (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: so i'll start with you danny okay all right this is one of my favorite questions because I just got a gift of my first spirit animal okay. that sits in the window up here, and it's my dragon. I love it. So um, I want to ask you what your spirit animal is <laughs> and what it does for
2: you. And I think that's a really funny question. I always say the Cookie Monster is my spirit animal because um, it's a simple view on life, uh, just things that make you happy, spreading love. But um, as far as, like, real spirit animal, I'm very much my sign. I'm very much a ram. I'm an Aries. And, um, like, to a T, am I an Aries. So I usually just kind of go with that.
0: What does to a T, Aries act like?
2: So um, just, like, strong leader, aspirational, dreamer, um, always positive. I'm super optimistic, like, to the point where it's annoying. Um Although lately, after owning a small business, thats
0: <laughs>
2: or
1: actually this form of a small business,
2: it's been a little bit harder to be as optimistic as I was. But I was always like that dreamer kid walking down the street singing and balloons and that kind of thing. And it's funny because like, as I got older, like people just would outright be like, it's so annoying that you're so optimistic. But um, it's, it's just who I am. I was just born that way. So... And you make cookies, so how yes. can you not be optimistic? Yes. And making yeah, cookies? and so that's—I'm very lucky that I was able to kind of translate what I do into spreading that because the positivity and spreading love is really like what I'm all about. And owning a cookie business, um, for the most part, ninety-nine percent of the time, people are happy when they're ordering, eating cookies, and uh, it's a nice way to do it. So awesome. And Amy,
0: you have a spirit animal?
1: Uh, well, I had to think about that when you sent that question. And so I would probably say pit bull, right? In in the sense that so I think they're an emotionally complicated animal that gets um, a bad rap, but is actually um, an extremely loving and present animal right so um, uh, always trying to do work in shelters and getting dogs adopted you get to know pit bulls in a way that I think is different than the way they're portrayed media wise and so they're so loving I, I, obviously I have one and it, it is hands down the, the best dog I've ever had with a kid and, and we've, we had three dogs while we had my son um, and just like if he's going to fall it gets my dog will get like behind him so I'm a I'm a I'm a huge pitbull advocate, but I would also say that that personality is is similar to mine—a little bossy, a little complicated, and a um, lover. Yes. Down inside. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> past all past the bossy and the complicated, um, kind and uh, uh, looking out for uh, to make sure everybody in the packs well.
0: Okay, so, since we're talking about our deep selves... Oh my gosh. All right. I want to ask you a question that's a little spiritually guided here. So, you know, we're women, and we're living in a time when things are complicated, but I think complicated in a good way. So if I look at our current state of political affairs... And what it's done for women, and how it's activated us on a certain level. Um, I want you to get a little bit into your thought process on what it's doing for you right now in 2019.
1: So I think we we I think we can all agree that the 2016 election was a difficult election for a number of reasons, um, but. We all, what I think we've all kind of taken away from that election is that um, th- what happened in 2016 and, and Donald Trump becoming president. Um, while that, while that may not have been what the majority of the population in the United States wanted, um, what you're saying about activation, and I think. Um, the, the Women's March Asbury Park and the Women's Convention and, and all of the other organizations that have, that have popped up supporting women um, is, is such an amazing result of 2016, right? That, that's, the, that's the silver lining of 2016. And so I know with the Women's Convention, we're constantly trying to send women to the Ready to Run program at Rutgers and, and reaching out to schools to try to get girls to start at least planting the seed and getting involved in politics and i think that is a result of of the national women's march right which was absolutely. the biggest march with absolutely no acts of violence yes. um and and the largest march in the history so so i agree with you i think um i think 2016 activated women in a way that they've never been activated before and and i and i think that's that's really really amazing and i think I'm meeting women and going to schools and there's like a, a completely different vibe. Not that women didn't support women prior to 2016, but women are supporting women in a way that I didn't see yes in 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 2016 and 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 even m- men supporting women, I think mm-hmm. in a way that was different prior to 2016. I when I got the tattoo, the feminist tattoo, um people would that you know, didn't always sit well with people and I have to say um the experience of having that tattoo on my arm after twenty sixteen is a really different experience than having that tattoo on my arm in twenty thirteen. Interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that it's interesting because after that election and particularly the women's march, I, I mean I never looked back. It was like a line in the sand. And I'm just going to like go for it. I'm going to lay it out how I feel. And um, while I wish that Donald Trump was not elected, I did write a thank you letter to him that I published on Facebook and social media on his hundredth day in office, um, thanking him basically for lighting a, fi- lighting a fire that I don't think will ever go out. I think that women have come so far. I think it's, it's just a bullet train that's not going to stop. And I'm really happy to be a part of it because... Um well the women's march here was incredible. It was one of the best days of my and life. One of the
1: largest marches. And in one Jersey. of the largest
2: marches, which was crazy because you know we planned it thinking we'd have a hundred to two hundred women. And that's actually how Amy and I met. Um on a, a desperate call we didn't know each other and I was I was like hi um, I'm organizing an event that's kind of spinning out of control and uh, my name is Danny. and she was just like okay um, tell me all the facts and then come down to City Hall and we'll work it out and um, we had 6,000 people show up which was incredible um, but just as far as that there was just like a lightning in a bottle feel that day and um, and I don't think that... I, I definitely... We've talked about doing more marches. And I, and I don't want to march about everything because that's not really what it's about. I've, we've already made our statement about how we feel about the current president. But what we're doing to empower women and, and get women into office, and even uh, with my own business, I'm pretty much like a 99% female-operated business. Um, and a lot of young women work for me. And I just... I just think that it's just another level where we're going with this. And I'm really excited. I'm excited because back in the day, my parents told me, you know, oh, you could be anything. You could do anything. Um, And I believe them. And I I went for it. But I don't – now there's, like, another level where it's like, okay, well, you want to run for office – here's Amy Quinn and she'll tell you how to do it. Here's this organization. Like there's more follow through than ever before. So I think the path is so much clearer. And I think that's so exciting.
1: And I think you're, you kind of epitomize that as well, especially with the idea of like lifting people up and bringing them along with you. Right. So, so I think there's been a sense of responsibility um, with you, with Danny and I just in general, that we make sure that we are bringing women with us along this path. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's funny because, you know, when you asked me to run for office years ago, the first thing my husband said to me was, you're too opinionated to be a politician. because And
1: you were worried about, I don't know if you remember, you were worried about your staff. Yeah, I was. Your point to me was, I have staff that, that if they get in the fray, that and elections in Asbury get nasty, and, they, and there's a chance that they would get in the fray. I, I specifically remember thinking uh, a mama bear, like a little worried about, the fray,
0: yeah, and I think you know we were talking about this the other day um, because I just had some great news. I just got nominated to be the chair for the Restaurant Association for the state. Amazing! So congratulations, yeah, congratulations. and well deserved. Think ten years ago it would have been appropriate for me because I do have a big mouth and I do speak my mind and. I love that what is happening in politics now because of, unfortunately, our president speaking his mind in very challenging and not very nice ways has allowed people to speak up and not just women, but we have some of the youngest candidates in my lifetime in this past four years coming out of the woodwork. And... You know, young people don't want to hear from some 80-year-old guy that's been in office for 40 years who's really out of touch with them. So I think that's great, too, whether it's men or women. We're getting, there was this gap. Cindy Ziff and I are very close, and she's a beneficiary of my book from Clean Ocean Action, and we started Clean Ocean Action in her living room. And we always have this conversation, like, who's going to carry the torch? Because we didn't have young people getting ignited. And in the past four years, you're seeing that. And Definitely. I think that is just amazing because apathy really, like, is why we're here with him, I right. think. Yes. So now we have a chance to maybe turn that around.
1: And in that... Com- it's interesting. Can I just ask one question? It's interesting that you, you thought because you were opinionated, you, you shouldn't run. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and do you I feel I think differently about that now. I do. Yeah, right. yeah. I, think, I would. Right, yeah. everything's changed. Because I think if this was oh, it's all about it. it's yeah. all about yeah. it. Yeah. Was, I wish was we were back in that moment. I yes. would have
0: said. Fork you all um, <laughs> go on full steam. Right. And so would the people who were trying to run my campaign would have had to get out of the way. When back then it was like you need to raise money and you need to dress like right. this and you need to act like this. It's different now. It it you totally need to keep your now.
2: beliefs like yeah. under wraps. Yeah. You know, that was one of the things about the women's march too, that people are like, Well you have a small business in town, you're gonna be like upsetting people and i was just so done i was i was like that's it and and then one of the things i so appreciate about your about amy as deputy mayor she's so real and that's what you're seeing in like new politicians and the younger people and they're just they're themselves and they're governing with common sense and not caught up in all the other bs that's going on i don't even know what that other stuff is um but i so appreciate like the realness of you and how you are at every event, that's you're just yourself, and that's what's really. And I'm sure that's how you'll be because the head of the restaurant. Common sense, you know, do your job. You do it well. You work hard. You go home. You have a life, and it, and it's nice. You know, it's it's a fresh change that is so needed, so needed.
1: And also, I think when I asked you, it was a different time in the sense that your worry, I th- I think was valid. Your worry at what because it's asbury it it isn't easy to win elections in asbury um it people have this perception about power and having power in asbury and what that means you know i don't even know what that means but people would perceive me as somebody who had it and i think when you were doing that assessment and calculating all of that in and i think this as a woman and 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 you looked at and i'm not sure if I had asked a man in the restaurant industry, if he would have had the same response, which is, um, I don't need, I don't need what would potentially happen to the staff in my, in my restaurant. Yeah. I think I'm, it not, was sure it got, I'm not sure. a man would, would, would go through that thought process in terms of thinking. And I remember you specifically think, saying to me something like the, some of, some of my staff is like my family and, I think that is very much the way a woman would mm-hmm. look at that situation and, and and maybe how you should look at that situation at that time. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a different time now.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, especially state politics at that particular moment because we had the, the smaller, bigger version of Donald Trump as our governor at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he was not a very nice man to people, Mm-mm. including me. I'm vindictive. And vindictive. Wow. It was really difficult to just run an election with this guy who was willing to do anything to get what he wanted. And you were
1: also running at a time where nobody was thinking outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. So... So, yeah. and and just being involved in campaigns for at least the last like five years or so or or more than that, um, there was a way prior to 2016 that you did it. And so, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess we can, again, give some credit there that that way has changed, yes, right? So absolutely. there was this, you do this, you do that, you raise right. this money, you do this, you do this, you look you like, this, you this, like this, you dress like this, you don't yes. say this. You, yeah. you draw, draw no attention to, to yourself in, right. in, these, in these categories. And I, I think 2016 just blew all of that up and, and yeah. you know what, do do whatever you want to do and, and see how it goes.
2: I think um, that for what we're paying for it now is like rough and it's scary to see what's going on with the country but like hopefully the, the world just resets and we just move forward once he's out of office and, and with this inspiration and
0: Yeah, I think you have, I mean I look at it in a bigger way and we'll get to the next topic um, the universe at the time of Donald Trump, if you are into that and read that alignment is was out there in reality a time when people were going to go through things in a very big and overpowering way to break through. And the people that break through and go to the other side are the people who will carry forward. But in the past four or five years there's been a lot of suicides and very tragic things happening and environmental things and that to me is all universal. So when we come to that topic of you know I did this thing for a TED talk where I submitted a, a concept called Buddha on the bar and having your spirituality in your work life in all around you because you know you have the elf on the shelf. Well who's your Buddha on the bar? Who's the person in your life alive dead figuratively um god jesus whatever you believe that keeps you thinking of the higher power so you can push through these moments
1: so that's a complicated question for me <laughs> just as a as a lesbian who came out in a catholic school in the 90s um and 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 that was an unpleasant experience right um and then really um having the bible generally be used to demonize the lgbtq community so so i'm not sure i think there are people i look up to and i think there are people i try to mimic and i think i go through life and assess like am i being a good person am i doing the right thing am i am i uplifting other women or young girls um but I think that's complicated for me, from a religious point of view, because of having an experience in Catholicism that was a lot of, like, you're going to burn in hell, or blah, 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 or whatever, wh- wh- whatever yeah, people yes. would say to you, or yeah, said absolutely. to me. So, so religion and spirituality is complicated for me. Yeah, I mean... I.
2: I find my I mean for me gratitude is the attitude it's uh I had a really rough time period uh with my family a few years ago and I just really went hard at gratitude to try to fix it um to get out get back to myself because I was so upset about what was going on and uh I would I basically did the journal thing where every day I would write down three days I've three things that I was grateful for, and I did it every day, and I forced myself to do it. I actually did it in my phone on an app, which was really cool, because I'm would i really into photography, and I would add a picture. Um, and it really, like, it... Gratitude is just, like, the number one way to just make everything feel better, because there's no way you can not be grateful for at least one thing every day. And coming up with three isn't that hard either. So... Um, as far as spirituality, I was raised Catholic too. I went to Catholic school and basically practically got thrown out. Um, by the time I was in fourth grade, the nuns were like wiping my blush off with sponges and they were calling home every day and my skirt was hemmed too short. And it was a whole thing. And my mom was like, I just have to take you out. Like, I, we just can't. Um, but I did keep going to church. And then I ended up getting really sick. I got spinal meningitis and I was in the hospital. And then that was like when I finally made my call about when I got out of that, I finally made my call and I was like, this isn't really what I believe, so I have to kind of move forward. And it was hard because my family still is religious. But now that I'm older, it's just kind of like I do my thing, they do their thing. I totally appreciate the church for the community that it brings people. I think it's, it's amazing for some people. It's just personally not, not necessarily, the Catholic church is not exactly for me. But um, I do believe in a higher power and spirituality and, and uh, gratitude is my thing. So what are you grateful for today? Today? Well, let's see. I had about like a half hour to do my favorite thing in my business, which is ice cookies with music on and just quiet. I don't get a lot of quiet these days. Um, let's see. I don't know. I have to think about it. The day's not over. I'll probably have a martini later. Uh, Friday is martinis. martinis. <laughs> yep, we have 30 martinis together every now and then. I want to um, be invited. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you're, always, you're always invited. <laughs> Extra dirty. Me too. <laughs> Keith is always like, is that a salad or is that a
0: drink? <laughs> well, Wait. I got into Buddhism at a very young age because my parents died when I was uh, late teens. Within Both a year, your parents died. Within a year. Wow. One from cancer and one from a heart attack.
1: And were they Buddhist?
0: No. Okay. But my father was Jewish. My mother was Catholic, converted to Judaism. When they died, I went to a Quaker church, a Baptist church, a Catholic church, um, a French Baptist church, because I wanted to find a place that had music, because I thought, wow, I might enjoy this if people sing.
1: Who raised you? My parents. Okay.
0: But their form of spirituality, their religion was one thing, but their spirituality was giving. That's where I get it from. So one day this priest from the Lutheran church down the street knocked on the door and it happened to be like 2 days after my father died. So he knocked on the door and I was devastated by my father's death. My mother and I had a complicated relationship. But when he asked me about God, and I was so mean to this man. Because my
1: they mean both When do you say mean? Mean how?
0: Well, I was 21 at the time. So the words that came out of my mouth were probably not appropriate to talk to a priest or pastor or whatever he was. And I basically told him to get the fork out of my house. The man kept coming back. Huh. Interesting. So I said, you know, he's persistent. I said, I don't know that I'm into the Catholic or the variation of that because my brother was gay. My parents had a weird relationship 30 years apart you know there was a lot of non-traditional in my household so one day i don't know how i came upon buddhism but i was like something has to explain why my life is so crappy at such a young age my mother had a nervous breakdown when i was seven so from then on it was just one thing after another and when I learned about Buddhism, I said, well, then this could be something I could believe in because I get to keep coming back and I get to get to something better. And it's not just about what's happening to me now. So I think for me, is similar gratitude, being kind to people, but also thinking of selfishly wanting to get somewhere that's peaceful and calm, mm-hmm. and maybe that's going to happen 10 lives from now, or maybe the next one, depending on how hard I work out in here, reach that nirvana, which could either be getting tubed in a wave or, you know, getting to hang out on a beach somewhere. So I wonder, even though you don't have these organized spiritualities, I see you both being so active in the community and putting yourself out there in ways that not everybody's willing to do, the backlash for your business or your politics or whatever. Where does that take you in the moment? Does that scare you when you put yourself out there? Does it make you feel alive? I think for me, it's just, uh, it used to scare me, but now it just
2: like lights the fire more, definitely. Um, one other thing with the gratitude thing that I have, and I think it's probably, I. So my friend Nomi is a Buddhist, and she was like, "You're kind of a Buddhist," but I mean, I never <laughs> practiced it or whatever. But I did get really into Day of the Dead um, years and years ago. I just obsessed with the holiday, and just artistically, it's so inspirational. I went to art school, and um, Coco. So yeah, it, Coco was amazing. Well, now it's really very mainstream. Day of the Dead. Um, but I was into it way before Keith and I went to Mexico for a festival and it was incredible and he calls me I'm like the secret Grim Reaper because every day I wake up and I'm like oh I'm here again thank you it was something that I heard Oprah say years ago wake up say thank you you woke up and I just think it's it's one of those things where every day you're walking with death you never know when it's going to happen so it's really the ultimate gratitude if that's the first thing that you're thankful for all the time um, and then, yeah, just I, as far as being afraid of being vocal about, you know, our, my passion for helping women and, and moving forward, like not afraid anymore. Definitely not. I never look back after the Women's March. Um, I don't know why. I don't really know what happened. Probably a combination of like age and just having enough, you know, I just had enough. Yeah. Enough of that. Enough of that.
1: Yeah, I think I have a similar feeling about it. I think when Marilyn and I talked about politics and getting involved, it was a different time with different rules. And I think if you... So I don't establish establish my worth via politics, being the deputy mayor, whatever I ever end up being, right? I establish my worth by being like a good wife and like a a halfway decent mom, I hope, and like (laughs) a (laughs) decent daughter and like sister and like... So those are all the things that establish my worth every day. Um, politics doesn't yeah. establish my worth. And um, you, you, can, you can be in everyone's favor one day, and you can be out of everyone's favor the next. And if, mm-hmm. if that's going to affect your self-esteem or your self-worth, then this is a very hard ride. Yeah. Yeah, politics is a really hard ride. And I think when Marilyn and I were talking about running for office, there was this box of this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. And I think she felt suffocated. And I think on some level I felt suffocated as well. And um eventually you just have to be like fork it and I'm just gonna do what I want to yeah. do. And I will remain deputy mayor as long as people want me to remain it. And then when I'm not, I'm gonna I don't know write a book or like whatever whatever I'm gonna do is it like a
2: thicker skin that's developed or is it like an evolution of thinking like it's kind of interesting because it's you know are are you just like tougher or are you just like more driven
1: so I think if you go into this and maybe you can talk about it because you ran for higher much higher office than deputy mayor but I think if you go into it with a plan to continue to run for higher office, I think that's hard. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing yeah. in any way, shape, or form. I, I think it's a good thing. I think I think we need more women presidents and senators and congresswomen. But if you go into it with an end goal that is high, um, you have to curb certain behaviors to get to that end goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you go into it, at least from my, my, I don't have an end goal. Maybe I'll run for higher office, probably not right um I'm just gonna yeah yeah. I mean just like whatever whatever (laughs) happens happens and and that'll be it's that part is really freeing for me personally Mm -hmm. but and I don't want to I don't want to say anything about women running for higher office or ambition I, I I couldn't support that more and currently are funding two candidates running for president who who've had that goal but for me personally it's it's just not how I establish myself worth. It's not how I identify. I probably identify much more as a public servant than a politician. Mm-hmm. And well, I call it the Al Gore effect because
0: mm-hmm. when Al Gore was Smart. an environmentalist, he got so much done, and then when he became vice president, right, his hands were tied. Oh, and that's I so get it. Yeah. And my husband's always like, "How do you like him? He's such a phony." I'm like, "He's not a phony. He just
1: had to get a
0: political office." Yeah. And Then you can't do anything you want to do. Right, right. Well,
1: you have to do it in such a way, such a strategic way that you, you eventually can become ineffective. But can you do it differently now? What about, like, AOC?
2: I mean, she's kind of killing it, right?
1: Well, what is she getting done? Well, and she's, she's, I say this is a big supporter. She, well, she's not she, she this hasn't has got, got anything done yet,
2: but she's certainly shaking it up. She's shaking it up. up. So, okay, so okay. I think so, so that's one
1: so you hard, can won. you can that yeah, is part one. Yeah. That is and that yeah. is totally a goal. The right. goal is to shake it up, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I think I think you can shake it up or you can and I, I want to support both paths, you can shake it up or you can, you can get stuff done. And I think Pelosi is like an example mm-hmm. of a woman who gets beaten down any chance she gets, yeah. but she gets shit done. She does, yeah. yeah. And
2: she gets back up every time.
1: And yeah, so I think if, you, if your worth is established based on politics at least, you, got, you, you have a long road.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. there'll come a time when it will shift enough where there'll be enough newness to politics, where you can get things done without having to play the game. You know, I mean, you know one of my biggest things in life that we need to march about and do more about is healthcare and immigration. Like these two topics that are like the abortion of 2019 that nobody wants to stand up for because they don't wanna, one, either lose the funding for health care or go to jail for the immigration part of it. And it's two of the probably biggest tolls that are taken in this country on all of us as taxpayers or otherwise. You know, Paul and I had a meeting the other day, and he looked over at me and he said, I don't even know who you are sometimes. The stuff that comes out of your mouth <laughs> is so off base of the politics I think I know in you. And I'm like, I'm a restaurant owner. We have to get shit done. Yeah. Like, you don't have time to, like, figure out if you're saying the right thing or not. you got to make this person happy. you got to figure out the smartest way, the cheapest way, the most effective way to do it. And you have to do it with 30 people that you don't even like sometimes. and Or 30 people that you love that have totally different views than you. So, you know, politics to me has become so burdened with... Um, maneuvering to, I'll do this build, but you got to give me this thing. And, right. you know, instead of just getting us all in a room and saying, hey, we're all smart. We all want our kids to have a great education, to be healthy, to have a vacation, to have time with us before we go. We don't have different goals. We just have some different ideas about how to get, to get there. To the goals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Yeah.
1: I think our party or let me say this for the democratic party like it's it's become so puritanical so if i don't support 15 dollars minimum wage right because i understand that small businesses in nesbury park will suffer tremendously with that um i get you, you get such pushback from the party and um makes it so you can't just express your views, right? Like, I consider myself a progressive person. I consider Asbury Park a progressive town. But there's a reality to that. And we have a tremendous amount of small businesses. The the the, the council obviously supported marijuana legalization and, and welcomed dispensaries potentially coming if that ever happens. But, you know, with the $15 minimum wage, we had to pause and kind of be like, well, you know, is this going to harm so many of our niche businesses that that I have to give credit to to Marilyn and and um all of the niche the 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 glass blowing place and like all of these places that came before anybody else was here. Yeah, and, absolutely. And how, the how pioneers do we make of this sure, town. Yeah. How do we make sure we support these small businesses and and have them grow and, and is it a fifteen dollar minimum wage? I'm I'm being told no. It's right? I mean that would be, me. right. really yeah. would be brutal for
0: me. Right. No, it really would be brutal for me. Well I think it you know, everything has to happen in time. Yeah. We make these decisions like, like marijuana, for instance, you know, I look at that the same as minimum wage. That's going to really hurt my business.
2: Oh, interesting. Really? Now I, that's interesting perspective
1: because the legalization of it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think we ever do things with enough operational knowledge to make them successful as a government. Interesting. So there's no thought, and I talked to Vin about this, what are you going to do about regulating this? I got some guy who gets out of his car, pops a gummy bear in his mouth, comes in, has two beers, he looks great to me, and then all of a sudden he gets back in his car 40 minutes later and kills himself. That's
2: hmm. like a very good point. I'm
0: the one that gets the lawsuit. Right, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm the one who served him the beer because there's nothing to back up this law when it goes into effect right. there's no way to test these people for marijuana because it stays in your system too long there's all these things I'm like, right. is anybody going to think about that so you know I think and that's because we don't have enough in-depth conversation to get everybody in the room and say okay you know yeah I'm all for marijuana I love marijuana mm-hmm. you know Honestly, yeah. but I don't want to be in business with marijuana. Right. Interesting. Until we know how to deal with it.
1: And I think so. With I that's, think that's a valid yeah, point, right? Absolutely. So I think with I think I know the the struggles I have with the Demo- particularly the progressives in the Democratic Party is like, well, can we have that conversation? Right. That's that's valid, right? Mm-hmm. So so your pushback I think makes sense and and is certainly worth thinking about as opposed to well, now I'm not going to vote for you. Right. You know, well, again,
2: like it was like, let's have a conversation about it. And our panel at the convention was so telling about that. Um, um, It was our biggest,
1: it was was the most popular amount of people to the convention.
2: uh, Most popular panel. It was our first panel of the day. We had a great lineup of women and uh, Gia of women grow. Her point was that there's literally so much work to do with this. Like, They're, you know, they're looking at getting it passed and, you know, they're hoping again it might happen in July and they're hoping again it might happen in the fall. And when you think about how much work has to be done with regulation and even just regulation of CBD, like there it's it's kind of a wild west right now. And so there is so much work to do. And so I could see why, why it would be held up. I could see why, why you would have concern about it because there really is so much back work to do. I'm all for it. I sell CBD granola and it's awesome. Um, but I get it from a responsible person who uh, whose family grew up with this and, you know, his mom was a pioneer in the business. Um, and when I asked the health department about it, they were just like, do it while you can, but we're going to start taxing it and regulating it. And it's going to be really strict and you're going to have, like be way set back and then maybe you'll be able to sell it again. But um, I think it's really interesting to hear that perspective because that's a great point. Like when you mix it with alcohol, who's
0: responsible? Yeah. We we're responsible? Yeah. put it in drinks. And yeah. I said, we've got to find out if we can do this first yeah. off and what the liability and effects are. Yeah. For CBD, yeah, which honestly isn't going to affect alcohol at all, right? But when you call the ABC, they don't know anything about it. Right. They have no clue what there's to do. No with knowledge, it. yeah. So right. I'm like, we can't do it because it's almost like
2: Gangbusters. Like you started talking about it, and now there's like all these options, and yeah. like what are they, and then. And then you how look do you deal at- with it and then how do you cook with it and then should you be making the brownies how should you be serving it and people ask me about it all the time it's I sell this one thing and people come to me now like I'm an expert and so interesting because I really only know a very little bit about it um, but I, I mean I do think it could be such an incredible major business but I think that you're like you're saying you have to go through all the steps and all the regulation and I also think it's awesome that Asbury is going to take part of it because one of the other things that we talked about on the panel was how much money and revenue it could bring to a town like this where you know then you then you have all this revenue coming in and you could do something like free parking on a sunday like it, it, it could pay back other things so i think it's it's just a it's a, it's just a very interesting time to see that It's changing And and, you know You're not even calling it Weed or marijuana anymore. Everyone's calling it Cannabis And um, I'm curious to see Where it goes
0: Yeah I just hope We all You know It's like parking You know Oh, just let all these businesses open.
1: Well, they'll. So find that's party. an issue yeah. with the dispensary. I mean, <laughs> yeah. obvi- and an issue Absolutely. that we've we've clearly yes. had a number of conversations about. So there has been a number of iterations of the marijuana bill, right. n- none of which that have passed. But some were like, you can't do it anywhere near a church, a school, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, which left No distance. place at, or liquor store, and it was like, well, then you're you're not going to have it, <laughs> it. now. Okay, so you should start looking elsewhere because it, this is going to fit nowhere here. <laughs> So, and then looking at like, okay, how many people are going to come to this town? And, and if, if there is a dispensary, you know, where would it be? And would we be able to handle the amount of traffic? And where would so everybody those are, those are absolutely all things that we've kind of tried to figure that out. And then I think, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge, you know, the social justice element absolutely. Of, of it. So, Huge you know, element putting of it. all of those factors in. And I think just having a discussion about it, and it doesn't need to be, you you if you're for or against it, Whatever, but let's just talk about how this how this looks and how this works and how this affects our town and how this affects our businesses and yeah. and 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 I, I think the discussion of it is so much more important to me personally than the are you for or against it. Yeah, it's it's like keep talking about it, keep working on yeah. it,
0: and that comes back to you're not trying to get elected on it. No, and when politicians want to get elected on things, they get behind them or not, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's, you look at Colorado and what a shit show it is because of marijuana, because they didn't sit and think about all of the things that the black market part of it. And how is that going to affect our community? And, you know, I think it's great to have people like both of you in this community who are smart and who are balanced thinkers, you know, that can sit in a room with everybody and listen to everybody's opinions and kind of take that through a some sort of colander and mm. have it sprinkle out into something powerful instead of just, you know, marijuana could bring a huge amount of money to this state. How much and it brings city. to the city, I don't mm. know. But to the state, yeah. So, of Absolutely. course, this governor wants it. But what is happening after we get it? It's like, did you ever watch um, South Park with the underpants gnomes? When it was like, <laughs> collect <laughs> underpants. <laughs> profit so like there's nothing in between right you right you know so what happens in between is always yeah, what I, we struggle
2: with there's absolutely a ton of work to do absolutely
0: i,
1: I think when it, we yeah. and like this is a this is a much more boring example than marijuana but like so the city's considering doing scooters because everybody yes. knows parking's an issue in esbury park so i do some little not thinking a thing of it a little uh, instagram you story did you yes. didn't ask me I did a little Instagram story and like I I got like 75% of people's anti-scooter so i then reached out personally to say you know why are you anti-scooter like you know we can control uh miles per hour we can put them at eight miles per hour on ocean ave 15 on fourth we can shut them off because everybody's worried about the drunks right felice so in right, park so we would shut them down at like seven or eight where you can't take a scooter we would have docking stations so they're not all over and i think like so to me, and, and uh, scooter and marijuana and all of the, like, if we're not having this discussion and uh, working through your concerns, which are so valid, mm-hmm, whether mm-hmm. it's scooter or marijuana or $15 minimum wage or whatever, if we're not having a, an honest discussion on how this is going to affect your business in Asbury Park, and then I, I don't, I can't properly plan and I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not doing a good job. I think but that's what kind of like what
2: we're saying about like the new politics it's like being real getting the real information actually asking questions and caring what people think like that's why it's so appreciated that's why that's where I hope it keeps going.
1: And you see that because you ran during a time where it wasn't like yes, this. for you sure. Can see it. Okay. I would run today in a heartbeat okay. because Amazing. it's very different
2: yeah. than it was then. When should we start your campaign?
1: <laughs> and, and do you want to talk my about like, okay. what you struggled in it? Because I remember you, you saying to me, like, it's so – it, it isn't out of the box. This isn't an out-of-the-box campaign, and that was – difficult for you, my recollection at the time that you were like this. I
0: wanted to do a Rock the Vote, which I did at The Pony and my campaign manager was like no, 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 you have to raise all this money you can't do a, you know, $10 ticket and I'm like well, I'm having an event in Asbury Park. If I do a $100 ticket, I'm alienating 90% of the people that live here. Oh, they
2: wanted you to do a more expensive ticket. Yeah, they oh, want no, me to no, do no. a we bunch of We know that from, from right. our events. You and I'm
0: like, yeah. I, that's not me. I'm going to come in a t-shirt. I'm going to wear jeans. I'm not getting dressed. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not getting up on a pulpit and talking about these talking points. Like, I want to talk about what's important. And I think... Historically, business owners are not politicians. People would say it's because we're too busy, which is bull. We're so busy we can get stuff done, but it's more because politicians are so out of touch with what the reality of a working totally. person has to do on all levels. Mm-hmm. You know, anything from college tuition to health care to minimum wage—they don't know. When's the oh? I was a busboy forty years ago at right. some stand somewhere. That's not relative to what you do every day and the Mm -hmm. sacrifices you make to keep your business open. Right. You know, and how that lifts you up and draws you down. You know, so I think I would love to see more business people get involved with politics just so we could have a more balanced conversation about all of these things Mm -hmm. and how they affect us. You know, after we were talking about the scooters at our meeting and then I came back here and some guy was riding a motorized bike on the wrong side of the street. Right. And I was like, dude, one, you're going to get hit. Right. Somebody's going to pull out and you're going to be toast. But we've already got motorized things happening. Yeah. So it's happening. Yeah, How do you and, deal and, with and we're it?
1: like constantly trying to deal with the parking, which I know you feel, right, that yeah. crush is, is, is about to mount on you because Memorial Day is around the corner. Absolutely. So, so – and and then the question is, do you want parking decks all over the city? Because that's not my vision of the city, right? right. I don't want parking decks everywhere. That's mm. not that, that isn't what I want. Right. Um, but I also love feedback about scooters, mm-hmm. right? So your your other co-founders of Women's yes. March came. I, I heard from them. They let about me know. The scooters. So, I was I was I was so happy I missed the shooting. I think like if you become a politician <laughs> who becomes defensive to that feedback, yes. and they do, right? Yeah. Then then it's maybe, it's potentially time for you to move on. Because for me, I I want all of that. I don't want that feedback the day we pass the ordinance, (laughs) but I want all of that feedback prior, right? Right. So every problem that you have with whatever we're doing, just feed it, feed it, feed it to me. Um... And and I'll take it in and then and figure out ways to make this better. But yeah. I think what happens at least it, with the previous council, and I don't want to beat them up too much, but with the previous council, it was like if you, I felt like if you said anything critical of them. They internalized that in such a way that it wasn't productive. Right. You know, they just became defensive and you were an idiot or you were whatever, whatever it is that you were. And and I do think uh, the politics in Esbury and, and really right now in the United States is uh, that shifted. Thank mm-hmm. God. Thank mm-hmm. God that shifted that you can say, I don't agree with you on this. I still adore you. Yes. But I don't agree with you on this. Another topic
2: of our, our convention, agree to disagree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that four-letter word fear is a big motivator about why you do things or don't do them. And I believe that, you know, this current administration is filled with fear Mm -hmm. in Washington. And it dictates all of the heightened activity that happens, and so is the media with fear. But when you look at fear, I know for me, fear... Gives me that butterfly feeling that makes me want to overcome and push through where I know a lot of people, it debilitates them or it makes them angry or it makes them defensive. defensive. How does fear make you feel?
1: (laughs) I know. I feel like that's a complicated question.
2: That is. That's a hard one. How does fear
1: make me feel? So I would certainly say anxious. Right? I'm, an, I, I, I'm a person who's anxious, similar to pit bulls. Um, so I would say there is an anxiety uh, when I'm fearful. I, I, would, I would also say that I would beat myself up more if I didn't do something out of fear than do it. I would be harder on myself. My life will be more difficult if I let fear not let me do something. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would just be so furious with myself that it would be easier again... To just roll the dice and do it, wh- whatever that is, whether it's running for office or whether it's taking the bar or whether it's working on a women's event or right. or or stopping short-term rentals, like wh- whatever it is. Like if fear was preventing me from doing something, I think um, I would beat myself up so much more if I didn't do it out of fear than just do it. Right.
2: I don't know. I mean,
1: I'm trying to think. I
2: mean, I definitely have had a lot of fear about my business in the last year where, you know, I'm laying in bed staring at the ceiling, uh, trying to go back to sleep saying my loving kindness mantra. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I do think it probably makes me more driven. I think it's really more like um, a motivator, kind of like you said. Um I don't know. That's, those are really hard. I think that's one of the harder yeah. questions. I, I really have to think about that one.
0: Well, one, I'm hoping when you leave this, some of these things will resonate with you and help you... Think About them. Absolutely, and yeah. Go on through your day looking for the answers if you ever can find the answer to anything. Yeah. Um, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> yes. But I have two <laughs> questions I want to get through. <laughs> Gary Matola asked me all that. Asks me that all the time. I what's love the it. meaning of life? I love it. Um, so I have two questions. One, if you walk out of here today and you found a million dollar lottery ticket on the floor, I like this what would you do? Amy, you want me to go first? Um,
2: Well, I would probably, I mean, I'd probably take a quick vacation because I haven't (laughs) had a real vacation in (laughs) a, a long time. But what I would do is probably take the money to hire a CEO of my business and figure out how to get me to the step that I'm striving for. So I see my business as kind of like a bigger brand and um, I'm very, very creative and I don't have necessarily, uh, I'm learning, but uh, I don't know if I have all the time in the world to learn the business stuff that I need to know to get my business to the next place. So I would probably hire somebody to take my business to the next level so I could start you know, moving on with it and getting back to the good times of relaxing and, and balancing out my life a little bit better. But yeah, and then also giving back. Um, Gosh, I would love to have some kind of foundation, but uh, you're so amazing with philanthropy. So you're always welcome to get. Yeah, Yeah. always. So, (laughs) so, you know, what what are the what are the things that you could do to spread some of that money around? I think one of the interesting things, too, that just came out recently about uh, the current politicians is. They're looking at everybody's because everyone's like, "What are your tax returns?" and they're looking at all of these high politicians and saying, "Oh, this one makes this much money, but didn't give that much money, and this one gave this much money of their salary." and I thought that was like so interesting. I think it's really hard to pass judgment on that, but at the same time, I think it's a really interesting. Could be
0: president, yeah. I give it all oh. away. <laughs> <laughs> if that was the criteria,
2: but well, I-, I do. I think that there has to be an element of balance um, where, where you're always helping others too.
1: Though, Um, so I think I see like the Studebakers Building or Convention Hall or the Casino and all of these places that are that are kind of falling in the ground. So I feel part of me would want to buy one of those and then, similar to the Art Commission and similar to what you're doing on the Art Commission, more importantly, is develop. So to me, art is a little bit of the answer, right? So I grew up in a neighborhood that did not value art, did not value gay people, did not value creativity. So um, for me, if we had stronger programs communicating arts, whether that's music or muralist or sculpturist or whatever it is, if we had that in Asbury Park um, reaching specifically the Southwest quadrant, but all parts mm-hmm. of Asbury Park. And if I had a space where um, I could both show art in whatever that means, whether it's spoken word or, or music, and then also teach kids art. Um, I think, I think that, that would be, be my end game if I had like ten million dollars. Do you think it would cost that much? I feel like we could maybe get this done. Amy's art I like the it. prices of, of big buildings <laughs> in Esbury are Park are really high. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess um,
2: buying the building would be a lot. But. Yeah,
1: like one of the things about Esbury Park that is so important to me and why I came here in two thousand was you had art galleries and Marilyn yeah. you were you were a pioneer during that time, right? There, yeah. there was nobody on Cook there was market oh in the middle yeah, and right. brick wall. And right. Brick that wall. was that was the that that was the stretch you did and we all did that stretch. Right. And then there was all of these art galleries. And yes. So and
2: I always wondered who is going to these art galleries. It's I, so quiet. I was going to these
1: art galleries because <laughs> I, I was so I was just so proud <laughs> yeah, of that. I was awesome. so proud that we had all of these art galleries. So for me, it's funny because Russell Lewis said to me once we were the city was probably inappropriately chopping down trees, and he was like, "Trees are the answer," and I was like, "No, art's the answer." Like to me, art's the answer. I Any love it. escape out of. Um, whatever horrificness that you're going through, your parents' death, or a neighborhood that doesn't value that you're different, or just any of it, it escapes via art to me. um, I would spend my days trying to get little girls and boys to escape into art.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I think when you look at communities around the world, like you go to places like Haiti or you go to Nicaragua, these third world countries have amazing crafts and art because it is an escape cuba Mm -hmm. yeah for instance and i think everybody's definition of art is different for Mm -hmm. them you know i got into culinary because my mother and my brothers all painted and danced and did theater and i was none of those things so i found culinary and it was like oh my god i have art now Mm -hmm. i have you know cookies are your art and that just lifts you up and You know, it's wonderful, and this is why I wanted you here. The answer to that question for a lot of people on TV that you watch is like, I'm going to buy a new house, and I'm going to, you know, leave my job and not work. And the two of you want to do the exact opposite. You want to take that and create something powerful for yourself and the community. And if we can instill that in people, I think feeding a community has a shot. Absolutely. If we don't want to just all leave everything and our lives that we hate and, and win the lottery and not work, you know, I mean, yeah, there's something to be said for drinking beer and surfing. But could you be fulfilled in that after right. a year? Yeah. You know, oh my gosh, I would be bored in like two days. I'm the Five worst minutes. With that really? yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, could, I could do like A solid like, two weeks wait, That's, that's why doing, I invited you On vacation Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like If Danny comes we'll Then so I, busy. I could leave <laughs> We'll be busy in the kitchen Scott could drink beer And serve <laughs> All right So we have one final question So you're having A dinner party And this question Gets asked a lot
2: Yes um, I, I can't wait To hear Amy's answer I want
0: to know Who mm-hmm. you're inviting What you're making And what music is playing And what cocktails In your hand Oh my god Um, Cocktail in my hand is always a dirty martini.
2: Um, I also enjoy red wine very much. I love red wine. And Prosecco. You don't like Prosecco. I don't like Prosecco. I'll have a Prosecco prosecco before the red wine. Um, I would invite Maya Angelou. She has been, uh, was one of my biggest um, inspirers, influences. I read When the Caged Bird when I was really little, and I just, gosh, um, I actually had the honor of meeting her Back in the day when I was working in television, she um, did an appearance on the Martha Stewart Show and she was one of the guests and she actually read Phenomenal Woman. And it was, I mean, it, in such a small sound stage too, um audience of like about, I think it was like 170 that we had. And um, my friend Kelly and I, we were both stylists on her segment. And we ended up giving her an award. And we totally broke the TV rule and asked her for a picture. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a picture with her. And it was amazing. But, I mean, to just sit down and talk to somebody so inspirational who was really just so instrumental to the women's movement and being a powerful woman and, and moving through adversity and, and, you know, really leading with love. Um it would be just be incredible to just just her energy being around her for like two minutes was incredible. So I couldn't imagine like sitting down to dinner. I have no idea what I would serve. I mean, cookies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> cookies and probably and my go-to is like Italian food at this point. What would your cookies be shaped like? Gosh, for I her? don't know. I would have to think about it. Probably just hearts. I probably keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> and music. <laughs> Hmm. So Keith always makes fun of me, my husband, uh, because he says I have the most eclectic, random mix. So I would just put on my regular mix, but I I like pretty much anything. Um... Gosh, I don't know. I'd have to come up with a playlist. It's funny, because I have a playlist on my phone right now that I started, and it's called My Funeral Playlist. So it's all the songs I want played at my funeral, because I started planning my funeral a few years ago. <laughs> again, like, every day you're walking with death. I'm sorry if that's, like, bad news to people, but it's true. So, memento mori, that's the phrase. And uh, I started planning my funeral playlist. So I would probably put that on, because So what song it's like would, a good mix. if you had to pick one from that playlist? Gosh. Uh, I always go with the... Um, the ukulele version of Somewhere in the Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. yeah, that's such a good one. But I mean,
1: there's so many. It's a it's a long list. So
2: I'll send you the playlist. So the walk. So I feel like my.
1: So uh, so one. I am not. I don't cook. My wife cooks. Right. So, yes. so I. I would plan something. Yeah, so Heather's cooking. (laughs) Um, The walk with death. I'm gonna like leave that into this because mine was like Eileen Wardos because I thought she's like an interesting character to me that I would love to have dinner with and. Um, I'm sure most people know, right? She's like the only or one female serial killer, um, so she's like super interesting to me. Um, in terms so of drinks, I would start with martinis and go to red wine, yes. which is a normal. I'm going to do that tonight. Ush three should just do right. that and anyway. Start with martinis and go we'll to go red go wine. A glass of wine. Um, dirty martinis and, go and to red martini wine. First. And then music. I probably would do. Uh, Sade, right? So oh, that, yeah. Nice. So I adore new, her. New, and yeah. she, I think she's amazing. And Eileen Warnos is, first of all, any woman who's the first of anything. And I mean this sincerely, uh-huh. whether you're the first wrestler, whether you're the first president, whether you're the first serial killer, um, it, that's interesting to me. It's interesting I, to me. I like I'm how not, the I'm circles back to the whole thing. i I'm just it's, it's very interesting, interesting to me. It all kind of circles So down, I yeah. think mm. she would be my guest. Cool. For dinner. All right, I'm bringing
0: the Dalai Lama. Okay. Yes. And some pickles, picks, tequila and ting. Okay. And Michael Franti's going to play because I want to turn the Dalai Lama onto Michael Franti. And I'm going to make Tom Kai Gai Vegetarian, Mm -hmm. which is a Thai soup. And I don't even know what that is. It's a Thai soup that I, I make very well. It's in the book. Oh, yes. And... We'll have all of us together. So the serial killer, the Dalai Lama, and Angelo
1: are going to enjoy an interesting yes, That's a very it. interesting dinner party. That's a very interesting dinner party.
0: I like
2: it.
1: Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Um, and thank, thank you for everything you. that you do.
2: Yes, thank You're you for everything right you do. right back at you. You've been inspiring for years, years. Right.
1: Oh, the only right? person on Cookman. Yes. I mean, You remember those days, no, right? Know. Where yeah. you went there... Yeah, you hit like B Gallery or Apex, and then you had dinner at Market. Yep. Um,
0: and funny, it's coming full circle because the thing we're doing with the Boys and Girls Club and the cans we did with the kids at I think it was the West Side Community Center probably, back then. Yeah. We did the cans downtown. Oh, that's and interesting. And I have some photos of that. So yeah, I'll yeah, have to yeah. That's gonna up. be great. That's awesome. Yeah. So cool. It's Thank always you. coming
1: around. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Namaste,
0: ladies. Namaste. Thank you.